Welcome to The Leadership Line, a podcast that covers everyday work issues from dealing with jerks at work to feeling burnt out. Tammy and Scott's experience, along with their different perspectives, help listeners grow, examine realistic options and alternatives, and identify those actionable solutions to the tough issues we face every day at work. Good morning, Carmen. Welcome. Good morning. Welcome to Become More Stadium, where we are always on the ball. Yeah. Nice. Well, you know, even though I'm no longer looking for a job, retired from the thing that I did for many years and on to other fun things, but I still love to read those what's the hottest job lists. And I was reading the other day that in for 2023, one of the hottest jobs is employee experience manager. Yeah. <laughs> right. And so I dug a little bit, you know, like what what are they thinking here? And it's kind of the person in charge of employee culture. And Scott's shaking his head. What even is employee culture? And can somebody affect it? Can somebody's job be to affect it? What are you guys thinking? You're frowning a lot. Okay, Mr. Bergbrauer, you better go first. It's interesting. Hiring a person to impact the culture is kind of crazy to me. Because at the end of the day, the CEO and the executive team is responsible for the culture. And to push that to a person understand how an internal person would really do it. Now, don't get me wrong. I think an employee experience person could do, you know, they could make recommendations or thoughts around what are the benefits are we going to have? You know, some of those, some of those pieces and parts would make sense to me. In the end, it is a leadership responsibility. I think the piece about it too, is it culture is important enough that it needs to be discussed at the executive table. It needs to be a part of their perspective. It needs to be something that, you know, the executive team is worried about, thinking about, driving, putting putting attention and resources in it. And if you're talking about taking someone and putting another seat at the executive table, that is chief cultural officer, okay, I can see that. And maybe in a very large organization, that makes sense because you can have that number of heavyweights at the top of the organization. If you're talking about a small to medium sized organization, however, we don't, most of those organizations can't handle the salary of an individual. And so, in that particular place, I think that the concept is understandable that. Yes, we do want to put energy and time and effort into it. The question is, do we need specialties? So, you know, there's a lot of new roles that people are looking at. A DEI or JEDI person at the top of the organization, many organizations have gone to having that person there. But think about this. If we now have a chief strategy officer, a chief cultural officer, a chief DEI officer, Uh, chief financial officer. I mean, we could get really top heavy pretty quickly. And the question that I have is, 
some of these things, it's who we are. Shouldn't that just be part of the value set? Shouldn't it be part of how we go about making decisions? And it becomes important to step back and think, you know, outcome. And I think Carmen's question is, I think, is is a good one when you think about set aside, is it a person's role? So I think organizationally, the executive team can say, who do we want to be? How do we want to behave organizationally? And we can influence or steer a culture. And I, I don't remember who said it. And I we can design and create the culture or we can just let it happen. And you organizations have a culture. Whether or not it is the culture they want or they prefer is totally depends on how did you go about it. And I, and I think of some of our clients, there's individuals on the executive team who are like, well, hey, we need to be more accountable. So then they are individually holding people accountable. Well, the organization hasn't talked about it. They're not ready for it. Now that person is an asshole. Yeah, because they're not getting they're not right. They're not getting backed or buy-in and or there's not alignment in how. And so that is that is more important. How do you want to do that? Then you can you can start to say, okay, here's what we want. What structure or resources do we need around that to accomplish that? Which might be an executive level. It might be, yeah, maybe there is a culture person or strategy or whatever that is to accomplish that. In the end, the I strongly believe that the leadership team has to talk through what do you want. It's also, it's kind of funny because I think one of my least favorite interview questions or actually what interviewees ask that I don't know why it has, for me, it has this like, Nope, I'm done. I'm not interested. Describe the culture at your organization. Okay, how do you describe a culture? Well, the piece about this, Scott, and what I think I hear you saying, which I agree with, is the culture exists, period. I will tell you that the executive behavior, not their words, not what's written in their value statements, not um, anything other than how they behave every day is probably the culture of the organization. And if we have five top executives and four of them are behaving one way and one of them is behaving in another way, right? The fact of the matter is, is that we probably have an organization that is kind of fighting to say, where are we going? How does that work? And we probably have staff that's saying, why is that person acting like that? Because you're all talking about this over here, but that person is acting like that. And as soon as that happens, then what we see is a lack of integrity. Staff is saying what you guys say and what you do is not aligned. And truly, that's why I would be concerned about having someone who said, my job is to impact the culture, because it does mean that we're going to have to go talk to that executive. Mm -hmm. And in that space, if, you know, that's, that's a really tough role. Hi, my name is Tammy Rogers, and I'm here to tell you that you are not aligning with the culture, right? And so, you know, that role in that space is really that executive team 
needs to not only know what it is, they need to be looking and saying their everyday behaviors, how is it aligning and where are the places are their rubs and what are they doing about it? And I would not want to be the person who has to constantly have that conversation, (laughs) even if I am a member sitting at that table at the executive suite. That's not a very comfortable job. And oftentimes best done, honestly, from outside of the organization, because consultants like us, we can come in and say that. And ultimately, if you don't like it, you can fire all of us. And that's easy. Firing a consulting firm is easy. I think if it's not the the top person, right, the president or the CEO or whoever the the top person is, if it's not them doing it, and you're going to have someone internally do it, it has to be. I believe it would have to be on the executive team, and that executive team has to be super tight, super tight, super tight to have a peer call you out in a way that says. Hey, you're being a jerk. Hey, you're not aligning to this. Hey, you you know, the leaders in your area are not whatever. Think about we've all, the three of us have all been in leadership roles or in executive leadership roles before. How many places could you think I could do that and not commit career suicide? The only place I've ever been able to do that is right here. Yes. <laughs> Right. And and I've been told before that, yeah, you can do that. And when you do it, you get slapped. I think, Tammy, your point, it's not that it can't be done internally. It's just that team has to be really mature and really connected and really tight to truly be able to do that. That's very, rare. very rare. rare. There is an exercise that Mike Zani rec- recommended in his book, The Science of Dream Teams. Let me say that again. There is an exercise in a book written by Mike Zani, and the book is called The Science of Dream Teams. And this exercise is the back of the t-shirt exercise, which is actually a really fascinating exercise. What he suggests, and we've actually done this exercise, what he suggests is that you give everybody a white t-shirt and you give them a set of Sharpie markers. And on the front of that t-shirt, you go ahead and put down the things that you know to be true about yourself. So these are the strengths. This is the things that, you know, that you have, you can say, I know this, I like this. This is what I believe how I really best contribute to the organization. And it adds value in a positive way. And you get to decorate the front of your t-shirt because this is what you know about yourself. Then you take- you're not wearing it while you're doing this. (laughs) No, you're not. And some of us are artists and some of us are not. So like when I did this, it was all words, but some people drew beautiful pictures. So that's your the front side of your t-shirt. And then you meet with each member of your team. So I did this with an executive team and each member of the executive team met with other people and said, what's on the back of my t-shirt that I need to work on, right? And the same, they went and gathered all their messages And after they gathered their messages, they came in and said, here are the trends and the themes, my blind spots, the things that's not easy for me to see, and kind of my knee-jerk reaction that might not be the best thing for me or the organization. That's on the back. And then they take some time to put that on the back of their t-shirt. That's what's blind to me. That's the stuff I need to work on. That kind of exercise does help the executive team 
know more about themselves, start this process of talking with one another and being honest with one another and giving feedback to one another. And it is something that can be super powerful. But again, it's kind of like a 360. If you are not open to those messages, you can flat out reject them. And there may be something in there that's important that we're going to miss. And oftentimes that one executive that's kind of misbehaving over here, that's not aligning, they're the ones that are going to reject that message. So I think it's really critical that you kind of understand this person that's in charge of culture. That sounds like a really sexy job. It also is one that, to be honest with you, I'm not sure I would want because the barriers are so huge. And then the other side of it, are you? I've seen this happen too. We're trying to bring someone in to kind of force fun. Like what's all the activities we could do? And wouldn't that be great? And let's go, you know, um, you know, go out and, and do all sorts of, you know, fun bowling night, bowling night and ping pong tables in the organization and beer bringing in on Fridays at four o'clock. And, and then it becomes forced fun, you know, the director of force fun, the camp counselor. And again, that position one is not going to have any power. And two, in all honesty, we've seen that happen as well, where truly it became not the culture of the organization, it became activities. And that is very, very different. Well, you guys have convinced me that my next career move should not be employee experience manager, unless it comes with a big, a big C, C C-suite to give me some power in that position. And power and maybe the salary to take the punches that you're going to get. Probably a golden parachute. So that, that right, when you push all the, when if, I mean, if you think about it, if you truly do it well, your job goes away. Because a culture, once it's well, set. If you've set? really done it well, it's not set it and forget it. There's no more activities to do. It just becomes normal. Everybody's just doing it. That's really when it's a culture. So then your job goes away or you piss the, all the people off and you get fired yeah. and your job goes away. <laughs> Either way, golden parachute makes sense in that particular space. And let's just say it worked. Okay. You came in and you actually found a way for people to behave, to match their value statements, right? To match the kind of organization that they want to be. Then go back to Scott's interview question. What's the culture around here? You don't answer that. You say, you know what? You've experienced it. You experienced it when someone called to qualify you. You experienced it, you know, when you've interviewed with other people before you ever got here. You experienced it as you interacted with the staff if you came in for a face-to-face interview, or you experienced it as we set up these interviews, okay? So you tell me, what have you experienced? Because the culture's not what we say it is. The culture is what we experience every single day. And by the way, that's tough to change. It's also something that we can't see because we're in the middle of it. Others actually have to tell us what our culture is because they can see it versus what we think it is. And that wraps up this week's episode of The Leadership Line. As always, feel free to reach out to us in the emails provided in this podcast description box, and be sure to check out our upcoming episodes always announced on LinkedIn. 
Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next week.